On this episode of Resi Week, Elon has Dante, Netgear adds armor, and Sonos's new arc. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 229. You fancy. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions, and by Crestron. Hey, welcome to this episode of Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv, and this week I am pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Samantha Venture. She is the VP of Education and Training at Cedia. How are you, man? Fine, thank you. Nice to see you. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for being here. And the recipient, uh, or the, the selectee, I, I don't even know what the proper <laughs> verbiage for that is, but you were number 12, I believe? Yes. On uh, the, the AV Power Index that, that referenced the top 20 most influential people in the entire AV space. And not only uh, were you number 12, you were the only residential person on that list. So congratulations. And Thank you so much. It's a big thanks. honor. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time out of your very important day to spend some time with us. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm not. It just mainly because you're spending time with us. And I appreciate you having me. I love to be on this. Uh, we love having you. Next, we have Mark Feinberg. He is the president of Home Theater at Advisors from New York. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Matt. I wanted to wish Samantha congratulations. And you know, Matt, I'm a little disappointed. You, you didn't make the list. You didn't Honestly, make the cut. Not. I'm not at all influential. We know that. Eh, fair point. <laughs> like, come on. But thank you for, you know, telling everyone how uh, non-influential <laughs> I am. I Just a, that. Anytime. Thank you. New York friends are the best friends. <laughs> all right. And on that note, <laughs> talking about some influential people, uh, I want to uh, congratulate uh, my friend, Rich Ventura. Uh, he was appointed the vice president of B2B for Sony Imaging Products and Solutions in their professional division. Uh, if you want to read about this, it's in residential systems. Uh, but Sony announced this uh, a couple of days ago. And if you if you don't know Rich, he is a fantastic individual. He spent 19 years over at NEC. You probably know him on Twitter as NEC Rich, which is probably going to change now. Uh, but congratulations to him. That is a a, a very big move for both of them. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into our first story of the day. This comes to us from a residential tech today. Elon is launching an IP enabled audio distribution system with Dante technology. Now, on the off chance you don't know what Dante is, it is a, a network protocol for audio that again, works over the network. Uh, very, very common, very, very big and, and incredibly effective. Uh, and, and dynamic, and it's used all the time in the commercial and professional audio environments, but not so much in the home. We've talked about it, I think, once, maybe twice on this show, uh, as it as it started to be announced as something that may come to residential audio. Samantha, I, I want to start with you on this one. This is a, a technology, and, and I'm, I'm thrilled that Alon is doing this, because we've seen just really flirting uh, from the residential space uh, of people, including uh, Dante, but no endpoints, nowhere necessarily for it to go. Um, this is a this is a huge deal for Alon, but this is a huge deal for the industry. Mm -hmm. 
traditionally we have a lot of technologies that are evolutionary. You had, you know, 1080p, you now have 4k, you now have 8k learning that and understanding that and, and becoming an expert in that you've got a foundation to build on. You might think that this has the same kind of foundation, but it is vastly different. And, you know, I, I've trained people who know how to run a, a mixer console in the professional world on an analog board. They don't understand the transition to digital and they really get lost when you start talking Dante to them. How do you have a, a, a brand new technology and get integrators up to speed on it so that it's not just something that they, they, they dismiss instantly because they don't understand it? I love this question. And this is something in uh, the education team talks about these topics all the time because um, our big mission, as you know, Matt, um, being on the CD board of directors for the time you were and being such a champion of education, we really focus on the holistic, there you go, plug for you. Um, you're so influential and you were really, for me, especially when I first came on board, you really were um, and a huge support and um, you know champion for what we were doing. But the holistic piece of this is something that is so important to understand. As we start to see so much technology intersect in other areas, I mean, we could talk about this from the CS world as well. We can go into all different avenues where different things have started to kind of all come together. Um, the more you know by not limiting yourself to saying, well, one thing is only applicable over here, the better off you will be. You never know when other questions are going to come up or different things that are going to happen within your own particular professional life. It's better for you to have an understanding of the background and also the knowledge that might be maybe not applicable right then, but coming down the avenue or coming down the pike, it will be. This is like somebody living in the Midwest saying, well, do I really need to know about codes that are happening or standards that are happening on the coastal areas? Absolutely you do, because it's only a matter of time before other things come down the pike. So to be well-rounded and really fully understand, I mean, engage with technology as it's becoming to even more advanced, recognize that coming down the pike, different things will happen where if you have a baseline knowledge of it, it just makes you stronger all the way across the board and more competitive when it does hit up to you eventually. Um, I feel like a lot of these things are, it's just a matter of time before they begin to oversect even more or intersect over more, even more. And so to have that knowledge ahead of time and understand um, where you could see that being applicable to you is super, super important. We design our education from that standpoint that yes, we are of course focused on our particular area, but also recognizing that someone might become a career changer and that's fine. Um, if that happens, we want them to at least have a baseline understanding and a knowledge of some of those other things as opposed to saying, ah, it never really hit me, so it never really impacted me, I never really learned about it. Um, that's very siloed knowledge and education and we don't promote that at all. We want you to have at least a baseline understanding and who knows, maybe that'll springboard you into wanting to know other things too um, that would make you more well-rounded within your own industry and with what you do. Very good. I like that. Mark, when, when you see this, when you see what Alana's doing here, uh, uh, again, it's they've got uh, an audio matrix, they've got extenders, they've got preamps, they've got local source, they've got network import cards. They've really gone all in on this. And what I love about this is, you know, in, in a small home, Dante gives you a lot of flexibility, even though you wouldn't think that you necessarily need it. In a large home or a large environment, Dante is ar arguably just a massive game changer. It, it lets you take audio from anywhere and put it anywhere. How do you go about figuring out and learning how to change your design philosophy to accept, you know, stuff that normally we didn't really do this way? Right. Well, I mean, I think anything that's going to add flexibility and especially 
kind of a get out of jail free card sometimes when you're talking about retrofits or a client who comes back down the pipe later and says, Hey, I really want to put audio in this room, or I really wanted to add this into the system. And you're like, Oh crap, we're out of ports or out of, you know, we don't have wiring to that room or, you know, we only have an ethernet port to that room. Like, you know, what do you, what do you do? So don't, you know, running speaker wire to every room gets expensive when you have a centralized audio system. If you can stick a, you know, networked amp somewhere, um, that definitely adds a lot of value. Now you've, you've been able to do it to some extent, you know, control four, um, the matrix sits on the network. You can put it, they had a speaker point. Um, they have the triad one amp, which is on a network and can sit anywhere and give you an amp, a networked amplifier anywhere. I know that's a, not what Dante is, but we've, we've been down this road a little bit. If you've done, if you've gone from a traditional HD based team matrix, to IP video, it's a similar, my ex- yeah. understanding, it's a similar transition. It's a similar, mm-hmm. conceptually, it's not that different of a, of a move. So those doing the large homes, those doing the residential work are probably doing IP video. And you say, oh, now we've got, you say, call it IP audio. And they, it should click with them pretty quickly on what this is and what this can mean for their business and for their clients. Very good. I like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Hidden Wires over in the UK. Netgear is offering new home network protection with Wi-Fi 6 in their new uh, Orbi Wi-Fi 6 mesh systems. Uh, essentially, that's their, their, their mesh WAPs. They're now adding <coughs> excuse me, their advanced cyber protection called Netgear Armor, which is powered by Bitdefender, and it is available, as I said, on their mesh uh, access points as well as their their Wi-Fi six routers. What it is is it, it, it it's essentially a, a advanced firewall and you know virus protection, etc. That's built into their Nighthawk routers as well as the new mesh system. Mark, when you see this, this is kind of a a bit of a bigger deal than one might initially think at first read. Traditionally, you have some form of network security in a router but it is somewhat limited. It's somewhat basic. Uh, and, you know, if you want to get into, you know, something as, as aggressive as ransomware or, or zero day exploits, rootkits, all that fun stuff, you need a third party piece. You need endpoint protection. You need uh, more than what you really ever see in a, in a home network. The fact that Netgear has added this, does this take the onus off uh, an integrator to, to maybe, either be comfortable not being as up to speed uh, from a cybersecurity standpoint? Uh, does, does it give them that flexibility? You know, I go back, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm a little behind in catching up to my resi weeks because I typically listen to it on the drive to job sites and being in New York, there haven't been a whole lot of those. I'm so I just listened to an early May edition, <laughs> coincidentally, like last week, and you were talking about cybersecurity and do dealers know what it is and are, is it, anyone getting involved? And then I saw this article this week and I said, huh, kind of, I'm connecting the dots a little bit here. Um, yeah, I think you have a lot of dealers and a lot of integrators who did, don't have the networking backbone. And when you say cybersecurity, they say, well, yeah, I changed the default passwords in the router. So yeah, it's secure. Um, Seems they don't, yeah, they don't know what, they don't know what it means and they don't know what kind of, you know, firewalls they can put in and, and hardware they can use and how they monitor it and everything. I think if they can say we're putting this system in and it provides this level of security for you, and this is what it prevents, this is what it, this is, and also, you know, what it's going to limit for you because very often 
you will find limited, it will limit the, what the, what the homeowner can do because it's got to be the security kind of goes both ways. Some people might want it turned off <laughs> because they want to use some of the other things out there um, in the internet. They want to, you know, the big bad internet. Um, but I think for the people who want to offer it and have been a little afraid of it, something like this works. I, you know, I don't, I don't know how this compares to what like Eero Secure offers. I think, you know, Eero offers something in their product. I was just kind of doing a little, a little looking around, you know, Arachnus offers some um, security filtering in their routers. Uh, this goes a step beyond that and, and adds even more. It adds a, a third party protocol behind it. Uh, and yeah, I think people who were afraid of it and didn't, know, didn't even know how to offer it can now have a product line that offers it. I'd like to see it coming into the more professional grade product, you know, and, and that and making it easier for the guys who are doing, uh, sorry, the, uh, dealers who are doing Arachnus and Luxel and PackEdge, you know, in that, in that um, AV tier of networking product, uh, something for them to offer as either a plug-in or an add-on to their routers. Because I think a lot of, a lot of people are doing that grade of hardware, but aren't comfortable adding on that extra layer of cybersecurity. So I, I would love to see something, I'd love to see this bubble up into, into the product, you know, our industry is using day in, day out. Yeah, I can answer your question too, Matt. I want to yeah. say something about this because okay. I have looked through this quite a bit and I have to say that your first question related to should we just rely on the product to kind of speak for itself and then kind of hope for the best? No. If I'm, if I'm phrasing it correctly, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Absolutely not should we ever do that. And this would be like saying to a drug rep, go out and, you know, basically just hand over the new medicines to the doctor and hope that everybody figures it out. The expectation right. is you're going to know how that they work and you're going to be able to answer some of those really important questions. If you go back and you look at all that I've talked about at any time over the past year, security has always been something even before COVID-19 that I hit on all the time. This is such an ever-changing and such an important piece to so many people, whether you're on the residential or commercial side. And now more than ever with COVID-19, security is so paramount to understanding what those answers are going to be and what we can offer to the client in, with respect to their own security and their privacy. And really now asking people to work from home and now looking at people who may want to work still in groups and going out to coffee shops and different things, you need to understand what it means to have potentially um, a very fractured and, and not trustworthy uh, line of security versus one that could be giving you alerts to things. And with you, when you read up on this particular one, um, there's a, a whole other level of added security to this where they're actually sending you prompts and things about checking into your own ways to improve your own protection, et cetera, and, and connecting all the devices into one thing. And I, I just feel like for whatever I think so many times we rely on certain things and then we catch up to them to understand what they can actually do. And I would absolutely suggest we do it the opposite, which is we do our homework ahead of time, understand the implications and the benefits of it and wait for those questions to come for us and know how to answer them as opposed to then, um, you know, not knowing the answers and then finding out on the fly later on. And so this is one of those ones that really, really excites me because I feel like there is so much opportunity for potential breach of privacy and security coming down the pike, our own personal information, our doctor's appointments that are now virtual, all of it. I want to know that I'm protected and that I'm secure and that I have privacy and security. And I really liked what I was reading and seeing for this particular one. So Samantha, let me ask you this then. If someone, you know, does go down this route and they're, they're, they're knowledgeable, they, they understand uh, the basics, the, you know, the general concepts, e even some advanced stuff. Uh, they're not necessarily true network engineers, but 
let's be honest, that that's still a really rare, that's, that's a big rarity in mm-hmm. any AV environment, let alone uh, residential. But uh, let's say you've got some really good knowledge. This product and, and this solution, it comes with a, uh, a yearly subscription side. That's mm-hmm. something that we've heard for years that, you know, AV integrators should be selling subscriptions it's really hard to go out and especially sell a cybersecurity subscription. Is this something where, again, you kind of get the best of both worlds. You know how to configure it. You know how to set it up. Bitdefender is a rock solid product. If you go out there to set it up for your client and then let them get a subscription with a third party and a manufacturer for that matter, um, is that going to be an easier sell for you as a, as an integrator to help keep your clients protected? I think so. I mean, I, <laughs> there are so many things that we buy with a subscription model now. I mean, we're paying for Netflix and Hulu and all these other things, and we should start to understand what this is going to look like. I mean, this is, they're offering, a, I think it was a, a 30 day trial for this. And then it's like sixty nine ninety nine per year for yeah, your cheap. home to be connected. This is to me, this is not a huge uh, amount to where I would feel, um, protected and know that if there was going to be a breach or suggested something that I was on a website on my phone and they were worried that someone was hacking into something in in another location or something, if I knew that this was coming to me right then real time, that to me is a huge benefit and not at a huge price point. I feel like when you have that added security and you can kind of also then for answering some of those questions that you may not know all the answers to, then you're almost like partnering with a group um, that would have the answers. And so you become a little bit of that um, middle person to, to offer things that you're putting in, you feel trust and, and, and you're relying upon, but then you're kind of passing the baton and saying, if this is something you really want to go down this avenue, this is what it costs. And, and um, this is why I'm potentially suggesting it. And then these are the answers and things that you could expect and what you should be um, expecting from this particular group that you're partnering with as well. So you do become a little bit of a middle person, but I think in a case like this, sometimes um, there's a whole bigger picture attached to this. And I would absolutely suggest or think that it would be good to suggest some of these items or things to our clients and, and people that are asking these of us instead of just saying, well, I don't know if I feel really comfortable with that. So, you know, this is the most that I can offer you. I, I don't know if that's the best way to go. Well, I, and, and I know we got to move on, but I, I want to jump in it for a second though. I would rather see as, as somebody who follows behind a lot of other integrators occasionally stop smiling, Mark. Um, <laughs> I would much. I rather do too. See, that's why. Yeah, no. I would much rather see if you are not comfortable or if you don't understand what you're doing. I'd much rather see you go out there and tell your client, in this case, hey, you know, this Netgear, you know, Nighthawk that we're supplying you has some built-in fi- filters. We've set it up the best we can. Go nuts. Have fun. Rather than try to, you know, to, oh yes, we've got you fully secure, and then we come in or, or somebody else comes in and can find all those, those problems. It, it's, yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, it's something where if you're going to play with cybersecurity, network security, please, for the love of God, know what you're doing. Otherwise, know your limitations. Yes. Know your, limitations. know your limitations. A hundred percent agree with you. And I think that there's some real value in that when you understand what you need to say, I'm going to parking lot this and find out more <sighs> info for you, or I'm going to kind of pass the baton. I'm going to make really educated suggestions and, um, you know, kind of help find your way with certain things. But at the end of the day, if this is not my area of expertise, it really isn't. Um, but as your trusted um, partner in what we're doing together, this is what I would, this is what I would feel most comfortable with. And I agree with you. That's, that's, that's how I would handle it as well. 
Yeah, I love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to kind of our last story of the day, most likely as much fun as the cybersecurity conversation was, because we all know I can talk about that all day. Uh, if you go to uh, avnation.tv when this posts, you will see a, a review on the brand new Sonos Arc from myself. You'll even, if you catch the unboxing video, we'll see a, a, a photo bomb or a video bomb, I guess, of my my baby who was somewhat helpful during the unboxing uh, and only ate a little bit of the cardboard. Sorry about that, guys. It's fiber. But, yeah, it's fiber. It's it's all, and that's part of the unboxing video. It's, <laughs> it's all, you break it down. It's great. Um, but long and short, I've had a, a Sonos Arc for a little over a month now. Uh, have had a lot of fun with it. It has been a, a really enjoyable, uh, not only soundbar, but a great upgrade from the play bar. Uh, so you can check that out. The The other part of this conversation is uh, on Wednesday of last week, Sonos announced that they're cutting 12% of their global employees, uh, essentially due to the coronavirus pandemic. And there's an article that we're pulling some of this information from, from CNNBC. Uh, Mark, I want to start with you on this one as kind of the the other integrator of the group <laughs> and somebody who I know sells Sonos, which is, is part of the reason that I, I wanted you on today. I, I don't know if you've had a chance to play with the Sonos, but you and I were, were talking about the arc, uh, I think a week or two ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was giving you some of my feedback and, and, and some of the experiences that I had with it. This is a product that they've needed for a while. Um, as good as the play bar has been and as long as the play bar has really been at the top of that, that list, as far as quality sound bars that are available, it still lacked a lot of features that a lot of people were looking for. You've, you've seen the reviews. You, you might've played with one as well. Um, what's, what's kind of your take on this, on, on this new product? Is this the, is this what they needed to bring to the table? to continue to be competitive and, and, and arguably, uh, you know, kind of number one in that category. Yeah. I mean, I think they've been doing very well in the, in the soundbar category for quite a while. I mean, you know, they, the play bar was groundbreaking in that it was the, you know, I think other than Bluetooth, it was the first speaker with integrated streaming music mm -hmm. and it's been great. Now, you know, it's long in the tooth and was a little boxy and ugly, which led to a lot of Leon tone case sales. Um, because that was just, the thing was pretty nasty looking, but, um, you know, oh, with the, how you feel, <laughs> listen, when it came out, it was great. But what is that thing? Nine years old is seven, nine years old. Something like that. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's been a while. And to Sonos's credit, that's been a big benefit. They don't refresh their line every year and make you feel like you've got old technology two years after it came out. It's, you know, it, it everything they have in their line lasts for a while. I know they went through some heat recently with the, S1, S2, and, you know, with 10-year-old product no longer being supported, that's technology. I hate to say it. I mean, it's just the way it is. Um, but I think the, the Beam coming out was a big one. I know when that first came out, I had a lot of questions from clients where we were installing play bars, asking about, well, should I go with the Beam? Is that, is that going to replace the play bar? You know, and, the, and after talking to Sonos and their engineers, we realized that not really. The Beam is really meant for a smaller room. The play bar still has a bigger sound and it's going to fill a room better. But yeah, a lot of features are missing. People wanted the voice control um, on our simpler installs where there was no control system. Having, and this is where the name of the soundbar drives me nuts, having ARC, having, a, having audio return channel on the, having ARC on the ARC is kind of nice. 
Um, <laughs> sorry, Matt, but that name kills me. Um, you know, when a, when a big feature of your product is R, can you name the product? It's kind of weird. Your product? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, and, and the feature isn't your, isn't, isn't yours. Um, but you know, having Arc on it, having voice control on it, um, looking a lot better, having Dolby surround, having the Dolby Atmos capabilities, it it you know it, it's where it needs to be. Dolby Atmos. I remember, I think I demoed it at Cedia three years ago, four years ago. There were some great theaters with it, and it's amazing. Uh, and, and and a lot of soundbars have been doing it for a while, and, and Sonos is missing it. I, I remember I've been seeing a lot of people saying, "Oh, can I just put in?" another Sonos amp with two in-ceiling speakers and, and do Dolby Atmos with that. No, you can't. But now there's a solution within the Sonos ecosystem. And honestly, a Sonos surround sound system isn't that bad. I mean, it's, if you consider a traditional surround sound system with some architectural speakers, a 10, which it's not, you know, towers is a 10, but you know, what most people want to see. A Sonos surround sound system is a 7. It's, it's seven or an eight. It's not that far off from what you're going to get with a traditional AVR and speakers. And now bringing Atmos to it is that feature set. Some, is, that, is that key feature everyone's looking for. So you, put, you, you combine the aesthetics, the voice, the Atmos, and um, an audio return channel, which for those non-control system setups where you can have an easy control with the cable box or Apple TV or Roku native remote makes a makes a a winner i mean this is this is other than other than that four inch gap we were talking about earlier this is going to be a, a big winner yeah yeah that four inch gap is entertaining i, I want to see what you know people are doing with that um I, I i will add just to not to defend it but to add some context as well there are a bunch of products in the ce category that are named arc i i went searching are there, there okay. are there's interesting there's a, brand, there's a brand new set of headphones that just came out that are called arc it, but they aren't using arc are they no, they're, not. No, they're not but my 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 kind of kickback would be how many of your clients actually know what arc is or or know that it's on their tv they they yeah it's i get it it's a little confusing but notwithstanding right samantha let's let's kind of change gears for for a quick second um they they had this big product announcement it was a, a fairly big deal um and then within a week or week and a half, they announced some some fairly significant layoffs. Twelve percent of 12%. their yeah, twelve percent of their global office or sorry, their global workforce. They're closing their New York retail store as well as six satellite offices. Uh, the the CEO Patrick Spence is taking a significant, I think it's like a twenty percent pay cut yep. um, from July first to December thirty first. The uh, executive officers are all taking pay cuts, uh, I believe, in the 20% range as well. Their board members aren't going to take an annual cash retainer uh, for that period as well. That is not something that, A, we see that often. Uh, It's usually companies lay off workers and CEOs don't necessarily see a massive change. Um, That's a whole other conversation for another day. The... uh, the thing that I'm intrigued with is we, we keep talking about it. And I think you and I talked about uh, how the, the effects of the last couple of months are going to affect our industry and, and our channel. And for the most part, we've focused, focused on either small manufacturers and integrators. We really haven't talked about massive, in, uh, massive companies like Sonos, who's you know, a publicly traded company. 
is this a factor of the economics of it? Is this a factor of the mean public? Is it a combination of all of the above? Uh, what do you mean that this that this hit such a large organization or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you are going, this is not going to be the only one. Absolutely. This is horrible timing, I would say, to, in my opinion, uh, to be talking about one thing that I think is a big win for Sonos uh, versus something that is a real sad part that's happening. I mean, to close the New York City um, <laughs> uh, office is just uh, crazy to me. Um, when I read that, I was very surprised and saddened. Um, so I don't think this is going to be an isolated group at all organization. I think we will see others. The impacts of the economic trickle effects um, from what has happened, um, would, we'd be very naive to think this is going to be the only larger organization that we're going to see this happen to. Um, it's very sad for me to see that, obviously, and for both of you, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, I think that it's just um, probably just the natural culmination of everything that's been happening for three months and starting to hit. And where I think some people thought this was going to be a little bit more temporary, I think looking down um, and, and staying um, as open uh, to uh, the reality of the situation is that it is still very unknown where these, the, the overall effects of this are going to be, um, how long things are going to remain either closed and or organizations are going to have to work virtually and or just the hit in terms of the economics. We still have so many unknowns that I think a lot of places are going to be, even if they're not hurting economically, they're going to be very prudent with how they're spending their money and what they're spending it on. And unfortunately, maybe recognizing that there may be a better way um, internally to streamline processes. And in doing so, they may have to cut back. Um, but I was also um, quite uh, taken aback, but also it was a, it was it was good to read that the um, at the executive level, they understood what that meant for them as well. And so it wasn't just the 12% across the board um, at what you would call maybe the lower level. So um, a lot of mixed emotions when I was reading through all of it, and of course still become, you know, so happy about what they were putting out there too. And then in the next breath reading, you know, in the next turn of the page, reading something else that had happened to them in general. Um, but I don't think they're going to be an isolated. I think that we're going to see others potentially as well. And it may just be a prudent answer to what we don't know from the unexpected um, over the next year and even into 21 probably. Yeah, very, very true. Um, if, if you want to check out more information on that, uh, again, as Samantha mentioned, we're, we're saddened to see this. We don't want to see anybody lose a job, but there are lots of people that are going through that right now. And uh, again, one of the things that I, I should mention is that they're doing a, a fair amount or they're, they're reporting that they're doing a fair amount, uh, but I'm, I'm assuming them uh, or, or going to take them at their word that they will be doing that as far as trying to support that team through that transition and, and help them with uh, career transition coaching and a bunch of other things, which is really nice to see. So we wish them, of course, all the best. As far as the ARC, um, it is a very, very cool product. I really have enjoyed hands-on with it. It's something that I'm looking forward to, you know, putting into a bunch of clients and, and selling a bunch of them because it's pretty nice. It's a nice product. Can I ask uh, you, Matt? You have, you, I know on your, your unboxing, you put it below your TV and it's pretty close it, to the TV. It is pretty close to the TV. How's the Atmos performance? I didn't really notice a major change to the Atmos performance uh, there or in my office downstairs where it's still in front of the TV. It, if hmm. you could see it, it's... Oh, it's protrudes out the front, right? It's yeah. Um, but it's it's sitting on a on a shelf that is, or on a bookcase that is probably six inches in front of the TV. Okay. So down here, I noticed the Atmos is a little bit better, but it's also a slightly smaller room. Mm -hmm. uh, upstairs in my 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 living room, it's 
it wasn't a noticeable difference, but it also is not sitting right underneath the, the, the plasma starts here and it was about kind of, you know, the front of it was probably sitting. Mm, okay. Um, Just curious. So we had, yeah, we had a little bit, a little bit further out. Um, I've read some, some stuff where people have said tucked right underneath, they still don't really notice it. it it's going to come down to again, what TV you're using. Mm. So if you're using, you know, a frame or something slimmer that has, you know, an inch profile or half an inch profile at the bottom and is tilted a, a touch out, you're probably not going to notice any difference. Um, but if I can be so bold, Mark, it's a sound bar that's a thousand dollars. I'm not expecting groundbreaking, oh, no. you know, Atmos experience. And, and that's, that is one of the hard things I have with, Anytime I, I talk about Sonos or review Sonos is it continually seems to get compared to, you know, that $20,000 room with right. massive speakers and, and amps and a rack full of gear. When I look at this and, and compare it to, you know, I think back to some of our clients that, you know, had an aux room and they wanted a Bose, you know, soundbar mm. or they wanted a Polk or they wanted any other powered soundbar. They all usually kind of, pale in comparison to the products that were on the market at the time from Sonos, whether it was Beam or Playbar. Now, I, I just see this being intrinsically better. It, it sounds fantastic. It sounds better than any, you know, powered, smart soundbar I've heard. That's great. I mean, we don't sell any soundbar other than Sonos, so there's yeah. no reason to. It just integrates, you know, it, it, it integrates with the TV well, and it actually integrates with the control system pretty well as a soundbar too. So it's, it's you know, it's the only one we sell, but I was just curious how, you know, for those listening who don't know, you're supposed to mount the beat, the, the arc four inches below your TV to maximize the Atmos performance challenges. Then you have to have an electrician in to put a power outlet behind the arc because you're not, you can't run the power cord in the wall. So I was just curious when you move it up to the TV as opposed to four inches below, how much does that diminish the, the Atmos performance? And again, I think it will to some degree, but yeah. you know, again, if you're mounting it on the wall, you have that uh, bracket depth, which is not huge. Yep. Right. Still, a, you know, a little bit of bracket depth, tilt that TV a little bit. I, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be a massive, massive problem, um, but you'll still have the purists or the, the Sonos haters who will tell you it is. Um, uh, again, it, it's a it's a really, really good time for a thousand bucks. I'm happy with it. So there and, you know, again, you can go visit and visit aviation.tv. You'll find my review. You'll see a, a video of my kid screaming, <laughs> not see the cut of him trying to take the you know the camera out of my hand and all that fun stuff uh that's b-roll that yeah you might see it if you if you ask nicely i'll send it to you but uh as we're well over time thank you both so much for joining us today samantha if people want to connect with you learn more about cedia where can they do that Yes, please connect with us. We love to hear from um, everybody uh, within the education team, especially. So feel free to email me, sventura at cedia.org. Thank you so much. Mr. Feinberg, if people want to connect with you, uh, learn more about Home Theater Advisors, where can they do that? Uh, I'm still a little old school, so hometheateradvisors.com, mark at hometheateradvisors.com, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash hometheateradvisors. Have you heard of Twitter? I have. I just don't. Use, I just don't use it. I just. I, I. I find the. I find it annoying. I don't know. I don't like it. I hate having to click through. I like all the content right there. I don't have to click and get lost down some rabbit hole. No comment. All right. Yeah, I know. I'm old. I'm old. Leave me alone. I I'm a little crotchety it. man. I didn't say it. I just <laughs> thought it a lot. 
Uh, thank you so much for joining us and uh, listening to us today. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resume. Thank you.